and welcome to Cats Out of the Bag. I'm Kat Hennessy, and in this podcast, nothing is off limits. Hello, angels, and welcome back to another week of Cats Out of the Bag. Today, I have a very special guest joining me. Her name is Georgia Carter, and she is all about sex positivity and, you know, changing the movement on how women are viewed with sexuality and everything like that. So, we're just going to dive into heaps of topics. Um, I'm so excited. I'll let her give you a little rundown on everything about her, but... um. I bring her in. Welcome, Georgia. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. I'm so excited. <laughs> Me too. I'm so glad to have you on. Um, yeah, so I start off most of my podcast by asking my guests what's something that no one knows about you. Um, I can burp my ABCs. Fun you, little fact. Can you do it? Oh, I feel like there's so much pressure to do it now. <laughs> you got it. You got to do it. I'll do like a video on my Instagram and you guys can see that. I'll like do it on a live video or something. Okay, perfect. Perfect. Or even film it and I can put it yeah. in the Facebook group or something. I love it. That's impressive. I haven't done it in a few years. I'll yeah. see if I'm still able to do it, but yeah. I can burp on command. It was always like a skill that really? me and my brother had growing up. Good yeah. little party <laughs> trick. Yeah. I love it. Um, so those for those of my listeners that like don't know you, like do you want to just give a little bit of an intro about who you are, what you do? Um, who is Georgia Carter? Yeah, for sure. So um, I'm Georgia. Um, so I am a model on the Gold Coast. I'm also a, an online content creator. So I do modeling and photo shoots. I do YouTube. I do TikTok, all of that. I also do OnlyFans on the side as well. Um, I used to be an opera singer. So that was kind of my okay. thing. What's yeah. a, something that no one knows about you? <laughs> oh, I mean, it's kind of known about, but I don't really talk about it much. Yeah. But yeah, I actually used to be an opera singer and that was fully what I was going to be. And then what? about three years ago, completely fell out of love with it and really? changed industries, got into modeling and photo shoots and then went down this um, this side of it, started dealing with my internalized misogyny. And then yep. I became super, super passionate about like just completely uh, trying to overcome the stigma that women have around sexuality in their bodies because I've always felt really open and comfortable about mm-hmm. that growing up and then getting into modeling and then starting doing OnlyFans. Mm. The amount of hate and things that I copped from people and totally. the amount of people who walked out of my life, made it, it kind of fueled me even more. Mm. So now what I'm just trying to do is just create a really cool brand where it's like you can mm. be sexy. I can post images that are for attention and there's nothing wrong with that. No. I can also post stories talking about, um, you know, gratitude and, you know, how to set goals and things that are important in life too. And so that's kind of my whole mantra is um, being sex positive and being completely open about my sexuality, being sexy and confident in my body just the way it is. And also being super fucking intelligent and that you can be both, like you can be all of those things as women. Yeah, you don't have to, just because you look fucking hot in a photo doesn't mean you're dumb. It, you know, it means you can, you can have so many different traits. And Literally, it's like, I can look hot and sexy and want the attention in this photo, but I also have value to add and I also deserve respect and can be taken seriously as a intelligent person. Totally. And I feel like there is just not enough of that around no it's always I feel like it's always like either women are either deemed intelligent and then they're taken seriously but god forbid they ever try to be sexual and Mm -hmm. then any woman that is like super confident and that's spoken about their sexuality or posts you know bikini photos or anything like that they're automatically a bimbo and then no one ever takes them seriously with what they have to say Mm -hmm. even though you know a lot of the people that I know who are especially in the sex work industry are some of the most intelligent women that I've ever met in my life totally yeah, it's it's fucked up and it's definitely something that, you know, 
needs to change, but mm. it's conversations like these and, you know, using your platform to speak about these things that are going to be the movement for that. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like it's just a lot of it comes down to internalised misogyny with within women ourselves. I feel like a lot of it's just kind of trying to figure out where that is and where it comes from and then trying to overcome that, overcome all of these shitty stereotypes we've been fed growing up by yeah. men and the patriarchy and then realising that women are fucking awesome mm. and that you know, we can be whatever we want to be. Yeah. I think that is, it it does come down to a lot of like what we dealt with growing up. Like even all through high school, like I was always called a slut and like slut shamed for all sorts of different reasons, even just because I had boobs before everyone else. Oh my God, having boobs, the amount of slut shaming you got. I was slut shamed from the time I was 11 years old. Yeah. Even by my own family growing up, it's like, oh, you can't wear that top. You've got boobs. Like you've got to, you know, you'll be looked at, you'll get attention, things like that being said to, you know, a 13 year old, sexualizing a 13 year old. Mm -hmm. It's just ingrained in our culture from the moment mm-hmm. we, we grow up. You just made me, you reminded me of like, do you remember like back in the day when everyone used to wear like those Supre boob tubes? Oh my God, the boob tubes. The boob I wanted tubes. one so bad. I wasn't allowed to wear them Neither. because I, I had boobs yeah. and all my friends were wearing the boob tubes. I remember I was going to this school dance and I was like, mum, both of my girlfriends were all going matching and were wearing boob tubes. And mum's like, you just, you know, you're not, you're not allowed to wear that. Um, and I was like, why not? And she would not let me do it. I had to wear a thick singlet underneath the boob tube. And there's this like photo oh of me my and God. my friends and they're all in their boob tube. And I've got this like freaking lame singlet under it. And so- you feel so like caught out like you feel like all the attention's on you in such a bad way like you feel so left out it's even as little as like even dressing for work now like there's a girl in my team um who she's like just she's gorgeous but like obviously I have a lot my boobs are a lot bigger than hers for instance and like she could wear something to work and I feel like it would be totally fine but if I wore it my tits would be like gaping out and it would almost be like deemed inappropriate oh absolutely there is such a double standard in between different body shapes versus clothing even with like on social media and different platforms so like with TikTok for example I had my old account deleted at 1.3 million followers 3 million you had 3 million followers 1.3 Almost Okay, there. that's still yeah. a lot. So I had worked really hard to get that. and What did I, you do to get that? I literally just did the trends. I literally just did lip syncing videos and I just stayed pretty con- – I, treat, I treated it like a business. So I just was consistent with my posting, consistent with my content. Yeah. But I would literally post the exact same videos, if not even more PG. And then I would see some – Uh, And this is not me hating on other women at all. Like Mm. I think it should be fine across the board, but I would see other videos of of other girls who were smaller busted in tiny little bikinis and that's completely fine. And I had a singing video removed for nudity and sexual solicitation just because I had a little bit of cleavage. I just feel like the standards across the board. totally. And then, you know, you get this, this message being sent to you, especially like, you know, growing up 13, 14 years old, especially when you grow up curvier, you're sexualized from such a young age. And then, you know, society puts this message into our brains that we have to be sexual or being sexual is bad. And then as soon as a woman decides to use that to her own advantage, we're turned around and punished and called a slut. Oh my but God. that's what we've been taught our entire upbringing. It's so fucked. It is, yeah. Dude, I yeah, I feel like it's something that... I don't know, even like bringing out this podcast, it's like part of like what, like what I want to do is I want to change the stigma around what, however everyone views sex. But it's also like I want to teach women, women that you can be open about it and that you can speak about, you know, your funny dates and your, and your sex stories. Your horror and sex stories. Horror sex and, and be fucking proud of it. Like, literally, like I, I don't understand why sex is viewed in our culture as such a negative thing. Like when it is mm-hmm. literally one of the most primal, natural things that we can have. I don't understand why there is such this 
like naughtiness around sex mm-hmm. when it's literally something that we all do. We all have. We wouldn't be here habit, if sex wasn't around. <laughs> but it's so shunned and especially towards women, it's something that, you know, we have to give to men. It's something that we, it's mm-hmm. our obligation to, you know, to be good in bed, to mm-hmm. perform for men. And, but as soon as we want to take that back into our own hands and we want to be sexual for ourselves or mm. we want to enjoy our own sexual pleasure, mm. we're deemed sluts or it's not okay. It's not appropriate. We don't talk about that. That's not ladylike. Mm-hmm. And I've just never really understood that. Neither. I don't get it at all. It's like, even like, to the extent that like, this is so, I can't believe I did this, but I was like, I just, I don't want to get my numbers up on like how many people I've slept with. Like I just, I had like a list. And oh my, I was, no, I li- now that you say that I literally had a list too. And yeah. I literally was like, oh God, I can't sleep with any more people. Cause like, I don't want it to be too high. And yeah. I was, I would get embarrassed Same. and like nervous to tell guys what my count was. And I'm like, why are we even asking people what their counts are in the first place? Yeah. Like who gives a shit? Do girls ever ask guys what their counts are? Like, no. no. And they're a lot higher, but it's fine. Yeah. And I don't get it. Anyway, I freaking like had my list and I was like, I don't want to sleep with any more people. Like I don't want my list to go up. So instead of sleeping with people, I was like, it's all right. I'm just going to give everyone blowjobs. So <laughs> I feel like we had the same kind of like <laughs> up, like growing up phase. Like <laughs> what the, the fuck? So I literally just only gave blowjobs for like, Two years. Oh my God. <laughs> and like, what? Like, so just completely denying yourself of any pleasure of your own. Totally. Like, I mean, like, I enjoy giving head, oh, yeah. but I also love having sex and yeah. I want to be pleased too, but I would only it's a do. Two way street. Totally. And like, I would just, I don't know what it, what it was, but yeah, so that I did that for so fucking long and I look back at it and I'm like, God, that was stupid. Like, I would so much rather have, have had sex and, you know, experience pleasure too than, and sucked on a gross penis. Yeah, I know. And there are some freaking gross ones out there. Yeah, <laughs> totally, totally. But see, this is why I feel like we need to be so much more open about the conversation to almost like not just educate, but almost to kind of like warn girls growing up like, okay, this is the type of behavior that's acceptable and this is the type of behavior that is toxic and really manipulative or, you know, these are red flags to look out when you're having like casual sex or just how to have safe sex in general. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. there's so little conversation about sex because it's so frowned upon and because we're embarrassed by it. Yeah. You've got this whole generation of women growing up who are just out there fending for themselves because they have no information to rely on. Totally. Even just like now that I'm kind of getting to the age where my girlfriends are having babies, I've found out that you can only get pregnant when you're ovulating. I literally just found, I came off the pill eight months ago and I, because I found that out because I went completely natural, like yeah. way more down the holistic approach. Yeah, same. And when my naturopath told me you can only get, like you're only fertile for like a couple of days of the month, it blew my mind. I was yeah. like, well, why have I been taking morning after pills and on the pill yeah. like since I was 16 and mm-hmm. putting all these poisons into my body when- I couldn't even get pregnant anyway. Like, Literally. Why, we're not even taught this, but yet we're taught about men having wet dreams. Yeah, true. And I didn't I'm like, think about that. Why are we taught that? Like, a wet. So like, I don't want to know that you have a fucking wet dream, brother. Like, get like, out of my. Okay, fu- just deal with it yourself. Clean up yourself. Teach us like actual information that's relevant yeah, to our bodies. Totally, it's definitely. Um, it's not out there enough. That that's for yeah. sure. So yeah, I, t- I totally, totally agree with you on all of that. Like, it's fucked, but. We're here to make a change. Exactly. That's why I love talking about it so much. I just get so excited talking about me it. Me too. <laughs> me too. I feel like I could just sit here for like hours and hours no, talking about sex. No, so, literally. Me too. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I can't believe your um account 
on TikTok got deleted. Yeah, well, I've, I've I've done another one up now. It got deleted three times and then they just decided not to give it back. So I've Kidding. grown my other one up to about 200,000 now. So yeah, still hate. Being, I just have to be really careful with what I post. It's just really annoying though. Yeah. And what about, has have you had the same thing with um with Instagram? Yeah, so my current Instagram account is actually my second Instagram account. Mm. My first one so back when I first started doing all the modeling stuff, I ha- like this was before Instagram got really strict with their guidelines. Mm, mm. I did a lot of topless and nude modeling and stuff like the art nude modeling. So mm. I posted a lot of that, obviously censored for Instagram, mm. but I ended up having my account deleted about 35 times. What? Yeah, it was pretty bad. So I ended up just starting a new account. So I just have to be super careful with what I post on Instagram mm, now, mm. Um, which is really annoying, especially like because I do a lot of the artistic nude modeling and there's mm. some really beautiful like they're artistic shots and I can't post any of them because the guidelines are so fucking sexist. So annoying. Yeah. But it just is what it is. Yeah. It's one of those things you just kind of have to adapt to, which is kind of why I started an OnlyFans in the first place. Yeah. Yeah, totally. God, it's, I mean, to have your account deleted as well, like that's just. I know. I remember when the first time it happened, I literally, <laughs> like the guy that I was seeing at the time, I was with him and I feel so bad for him now, but I literally was like hyperventilating. I was crying so hard. Like I, it. It was it like meant so much to me at the time. Well, it's 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 it, you know makes you money. It's yeah. like your career as well. Like so, it's like it's like it's your baby. Yeah, totally. And like to have that taken away from you for something that's so unjust. I would. I mean, I'd have not even a quarter of the amount of followers as you, and I'd cry if my yeah. <laughs> guys. I would cry. Yeah, no, like, literally. Like I cried every time it got deleted, and then it got to a point where I just I just created the new account and just yeah. was super careful with what I posted. I had it deleted one time, funnily enough, when I was posting about Black Lives Matter last year. Apparently really? I was posting misinformation, so they deleted it, oh. but I got it back. But I haven't had any problems since. But uh, do you, can you post about OnlyFans on your account? No, so you can't even use the word OnlyFans. I have to, like, use Because I saw or, you did a thing yeah, today. Yeah, my question story. Yeah, you can't post anything to do with OnlyFans, even the phrase exclusive content, even links to, like, a link tree or something get banned now. Like, they just completely have cracked down on all of it, which is really dangerous in a way for – you know, the women who completely rely on OnlyFans for their sole income mm-hmm. and who don't have big platforms because that's their way that they get business. And so now they're just completely censored and they can't advertise it anyway. Yeah. Well, do you know what was really weird is I think that you could be like shadow banned from it. Have you heard about shadow yeah. banning? So I, when I went to tag you my story today, yeah, it just I am wouldn't, right now. you are, it wouldn't come up. Like it literally just wouldn't come up. Yeah. I had a post removed that I posted a year, a year ago and they just deleted it today. Oh, I think it was yesterday that they deleted it. Yeah. So you get shadow banned for a couple of days after you have content removed. Really? Yeah, but they can remove content from like months ago, years ago. Stories that are in your archive, they can remove and say it go- suddenly goes against the vi- the guidelines. Really? They just really, really – the censorship on Instagram is very, very strict. Interesting. Oh, it's so it's so crazy. Because I didn't hey? even know that um, – because Avalon um, Hope was the one that actually told me about – Yeah, because um, she got her first account deleted. Yeah, got her account deleted and she was like, I can't, like, post. She even, like, wigged out because I posted something and tagged her and was like, I said OnlyFans. Yeah. So she was like, ah. So even, like, when I spoke about it today, I didn't tag you in that one because I was worried. I didn't yeah. want to, like, you know, get like, link you or yeah, get you in trouble. I, even talking stories, I literally have to say – lonely fans or like you know that site i can't even say only fans because they even pick up on it 
when you talk about it, which what? is so weird. It's just it's crazy that we live in such a censored world. How does that e- how does that even work? I honestly have no idea. But I mean, yeah. I think our phones are listening to us all the time anyway. Yeah, oh, hundred. But that's like a whole nother story like, we could go down. Yeah, I know that it's it, the, the advertising that you get when you like talk about something completely random. Like I was like talking about nappies with a friend or something, and then it and was, then like, it was like, like next minute, yeah, huggies nappies. I was like, <laughs> I there's no way I googled this. Um, but yeah, let's like, I want to like hash into a bit of OnlyFans yeah. stuff. So how, how long have you been doing that for? So literally two years tomorrow. Oh, a little yeah. happy anniversary. Yeah. So two years tomorrow is when I started doing OnlyFans. Um, and yeah, it's honestly been the best decision I've made. My partner actually helped me make the decision because I was so not going to do it because I was worried what everyone was going to think. And he's like, are you kidding me? Like, do you see how much money you can make and you can set yourself up for life? Just do yeah. it. Who cares what anyone else thinks? And I did it. And it's literally the best decision I've ever made. Really? Like the amount of freedom it's given me and just the amount of time to do other things that I'm passionate about. Like mm-hmm. it's been such a blessing. I'm so mm. grateful for it. Mm. How, what What was it that he said to you that, you know, kind of pushed you over the edge to give it a crack? Well, he brought it up in the first place because that was, so two years ago was 2019, which is when it was kind of first starting to get popular before it kind of really took off. Mm. And I was kind of on the fence about it. Like I was working a job that I didn't really enjoy. I wasn't getting paid much. I had no money. Like I remember going on a date with him. I had to borrow money from a friend to pay for food one no. time because I was like so broke because um, this was after I'd finished uni and decided I yeah. didn't want to do opera anymore. Yeah, yeah. And um, I had I was a bit lost in life. I didn't really know where I wanted to go. And, you know, when you're a bit lost in life, you, it's kind of hard when you don't have any money like mm, to mm. sit down and make decisions. So totally. he kind of talked about that and like just the conversation about setting it up for my future, but also um, him being so supportive about it really, really helped me because I was like, well, if you don't care, why would anyone else care? And my mum was also quite supportive. So Really? That That's amazing. Too. Yeah. So she's um, like my whole family knows I do it. Yeah. Um, that was my next question. Like yeah. what, how, how did you – how did you tell your family? So my mum was really cool, but my mum and I had done a lot of work together. So when I had first started doing like the nude modeling and stuff, she had a lot of internalized misogyny that she hadn't really dealt with yet. Mm-hmm. So she was very aggressively against that. And then we kind of had a lot of discussions and like I helped educate her a bit more. And now she's like completely on board with it. She's completely, she's like, as long as you're safe, like, and you're doing what you want to do and it's yeah. completely consensual, I don't really mind. She asked me all the time how it's going. She even said the other day that she went to a dinner party and that like people were asking, like her friends were asking about me and she fully flat out told them that I do OnlyFans and that she was so proud of me. And like she started having that conversation with them about their internalized misogyny. It was just like this whole chain of events. That's amazing. So yeah, so um, my family knows I do it and they're cool with it. That's great. I feel very lucky because I know a lot of people aren't in the same boat with that. Mm -hmm. And it does make it a lot easier when you've got a good support system. Totally. And even that your boyfriend's like, yeah. So supportive of it. Like, that's amazing. Yeah. And um, how long have you been together for? We've been together for two years. Two well. years, yeah. So so you would- We were very early. We, had, we I don't even think we were official when I first started. Only really? Because our anniversary is in January. Yeah, right. So you would like just kind of started dating. Yeah, just and you were like dating. tossing it up. And yeah. he kind of supported you through it. It's amazing. Yeah, which was really, really cool just to have that support system around it because it, I felt like- I knew there was going to be some stigma around doing it. I knew people were going to judge and there was I was going to cop some shit for it. But I was like, well, if I've got a good support system, then that doesn't really bother me. What do you think like the worst thing you would have copped would have been? I think a lot of it, I mean, obviously like when you have a bigger profile, you get hate comments online. That just kind of comes with the territory. Totally. And yeah. I've learned to deal with them really well. My partner's quite big into the mental health side of things. So Great. he's helped a lot with that. 
Um, so now I don't really get phased by hate comments at all. But I think the hardest part was like just the gossiping around it mm. um, from people that I know. Mm. But I think because I was quite transparent about it and people mm. who know me know that I I talk about sex a lot anyway. Mm. So mm. it wasn't really that big of a deal. Mm. I think it was just dealing with like the potential for content to get leaked mm-hmm. or the potential for people that I know to subscribe. That was kind of the hardest part. Totally. And what have you done if content has been leaked? So I kind of similar to what Avalon does. So I have yep. a um, copyright takedown team that I pay for that they take. Um, so they file lawsuits and takedown notices for any content that gets leaked. So I just kind of scan every week or so just to see if anything gets leaked. Um, but it is just one of those things that kind of just comes with the territory. If you do OnlyFans and if you have a large following, that your content's probably going to get leaked somewhere. Yeah. So that's why I'm just like, well, I just have learned to deal with that. I'm like, mm. well, sex is sex. I mm. mean, everyone knows mm. I'm having sex anyway. Everyone knows mm. I've got boobs because I just show my boobs on there. Mm. Like, mm. Love it. I'm like, oh, well, I've probably made someone's day. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I made your day. Yeah. <laughs> that's so good. So what, like... So what, like, takedown team, like, Avalon told me about this as well, but, like, so what, do they work solely for you or do they work for, like, is it, like, do you pay them, like, yeah, so I on pay, contract? I or? pay them, like, by six-month contracts. And so they really? have their own company. And so, like, their entire business model is th- doing this for OnlyFans creators. Really? So OnlyFans itself created this as a, as for, for all of these companies that have created this type of thing now. Really? Yeah. So they literally just specialize in just monitoring and taking down leaked content. And, like, would it be a different cost for someone who's, like, just starting OnlyFans and, and isn't as, like, who has a smaller platform than you? I think it is a different cost. I yeah. think they, they basically give you, like, like when you well the company that I'm with anyway they basically give you like a big breakdown before you even pay anything like mm-hmm. to show you how much of your content's being leaked yeah. etc and I think they do charge a little bit more depending if like obviously if it's going to take more time mm-hmm. so I personally have had a lot of content leaked for some reason I happen to just be a really popular creator that gets leaked yeah like up there in like the top one percent of creators that get leaked unfortunately really? so I had to, like mine was a bit expensive but it's one of those things that it's like when you have a bigger following like I do, it's really, really worth the investment. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think as well, like for people creating OnlyFans, like when they're first starting out, um, especially if you have a small following, it's not really something that you have to worry about until you kind of start getting a bigger following. Mm-hmm. It's one On of those, OnlyFans? Yeah, on OnlyFans and also on, on your social media. And how do you know if you're getting more followers on OnlyFans? Does it say how many subscribers yeah, you so have? Yeah, you so know, you, you have all of your data so you can see how many subscribers you have, how many of your subscribers are resubscribing each month. Like yeah. they, they give you so much data and analytics, yeah. which is really great to see. That's awesome. Yeah. And also um, like – Avalon told me that she had a few people that were like, they try and get their money back. And yeah, does that happen the charge to you? Back yeah, the charge. I haven't had too much experience with that, luckily, yeah. but I have, I'm in a group chat with a bunch of girls who do OnlyFans as well. Yeah. And I've seen a couple of them post things like guys who will try to, they'll like pay for a message, like pay to unlock the content. And then they try to do a charge back by contacting their bank to reverse the payment. So they basically get it for free. But it's not as com- like it's not very common at all. It's yeah. kind of like a rarity. I think I've had one in two years. Of really? Those. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's not true. So this bad is then. why I always say like to girls when you're going to start an OnlyFans, like really think it through. Like it's definitely not. A dis- I feel like it gets glamorized a lot. Mm. Um. Like it definitely is a really 
great tool if you use it properly, but I do think it is over-glamorized quite a bit, mm-hmm. especially on social media. Like there is a lot of work that goes behind it, but I think it's one of those things that don't make that decision lightly, like really weigh up your pros and your cons. And when it comes to your content, keep in mind that there is the potential that it could get leaked or mm. there is the potential that someone you know may subscribe. So make content that you know you're going to be okay with if it gets leaked. Mm-hmm. That's mm. kind of what I like to tell people. Yeah. Like, just really think through logically about it before yeah. you do it. Which is hard. It's like, what what are you okay getting leaked? Yeah, you know, like, it's I mean, one of those things. It's like- You got to kind of think back down to like, what would my grandma, what would I not yeah. want my grandma to see? Yeah, like That's much. how I'd look at it. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much how I looked at it too. Yeah, that's so hectic. I didn't think about that before I started. I kind of learned that by doing it. That was yeah. kind of, I just had to kind of learn as I went along. So yeah. now I'm like, okay, look, if you're going to start an OnlyFans, really think it through, like weigh up the pros and the cons because there is a lot of work that goes into it. Like mm. I feel like early on, like back when I started two years ago, it was really easy to make a lot of money. Like I was able to do completely censored content, like just jiggling my boobs around. And I used to sell like a 30-second video of that for 50 bucks USD as like a mass message and send it out. And now like you've got people selling sex tapes for like $5, like fully uncensored. So the mark, because the market is so oversaturated because of COVID, I feel like so many people jumped onto OnlyFans. Totally. So, so many people are doing it now. Um, but that's also driven the prices down. So yeah. like people aren't going to pay as much for things. So yeah. you have to charge less than what I have to charge way less than what I used to for content. Really? That's so annoying. Um, which is a bit annoying. So I feel like like two years ago when it was first taking off, it was really easy to make a lot of money. Whereas mm-hmm. now, like I treat it as a full-time job. Like I treat it as a business. Mm. I have like structure around posting targets, like um, targets that I have to hit for how much money I make each week, mm. like like different targets for, you know, how I post on my other platforms to generate traffic to my OnlyFans. Like I treat it like yeah. a full-on business. So it's one of those things I feel like a lot of people jump in just expecting. It's going to just blow to up. To blow up when it's yeah. not like it used to. Mm. And what about like, would you be like, okay, like Monday I'm going to post this, to, like I'm going to post this time of this day. Yeah. Like, so how many times would you post a day? So I try to post on the feed every day. Like just yeah. something on like the feed, which is what they, so they pay to subscribe yeah. and then they have access to like a feed, kind of like your Instagram feed yeah. and then they can message you and then you can send out paid messages. Yeah. So your paid messages is where you make most of your money. So let's say I signed up, it, it kind of like when you scroll through, it kind of looks like an Instagram feed, yeah. doesn't it? And then if I, would you show up in my feed? Yeah. Yeah. Censored? So there's a feed. Um, not so, it just depends. So if you've paid to uh, subscribe to the page. It just depends. Like people can post whatever they want on the feed. Some people um, have their pages where you just pay the subscription feed and then they have um, like full sex tapes just posted on the feed. Um, But then like for me personally, I post topless on my feed and that's what you get when you subscribe. Um, But basically it's like once they've paid that subscription fee, they get access to the feed. Yeah. And then any other exclusive content that you want to send. So if I wanted to send out to say like a JOI video, which is a jerk off instruction video, like a a 10 minute video of me telling guys how I want them to jerk off their cock basically. So, okay. like (laughs) Like then I would charge that in a message and I would make like that would be something that they would pay extra for. What do you mean by in a message? So would they contact you? So you can send out messages with content in it on OnlyFans. So you can send out individual messages to people or you mm. can send out a mass message that sends the message to every single one of your subscribers. And then they decide if they want to pay for it yeah, or not. Yeah, so then they you can send like really? a little tease or something and then they can either like ignore it or they can pay to unlock it. Really? Yeah, so it's a really cool feature. Give me an EG of a JUI. Like if, if I was going to masturbate right now, what would you tell me to do? Um, <laughs> I feel like I've got to like- yeah, Get, in, get into get character. In. 
I want you to, oh my God, I can't even do it like, like this. I would, okay, I would just be like, mm, hi, baby. I see you're already so hard for me. Do you want to jerk off your cock for me? Mm, take your hand and start jerking your cock up and down nice and slow, just like that. Like that sort of stuff. Stop it. Yeah. And then so, would you be like, mm, yeah, like I like it how you're doing that. Yeah. Like, I want you to rub your balls for me. Yeah. Like, shit so like it's that. literally like full, like, so <laughs> JYs is basically just like you telling them how you want them to jerk off their cock. So just a lot of dirty talk. So I do. Oh, I'd be so good at that. Because I don't <laughs> do like f- fully like explicit content. Like yeah. I don't show my pussy or anything. Mm. Like what? Is it just something that you just, just don't feel a, comfortable? I just don't really feel comfortable with it. Yeah. Especially when my con- content gets leaked as it is. Totally. Like, there's something I just wanted to keep to myself. Mm-hmm. But like, so I do a lot of like dirty talking type content. So a lot of JOIs, a lot of like videos, like I'll do like dildo blowjob videos and things like that. Like, oh, so you'd suck a, a dildo. Yeah. So like that type of content, like, but a Classic. lot of like, um, yeah, just so like a lot of dirty talking. Cause I try to make it about the experience. Yeah. Like just yeah. to try to give them something that's really worth the money, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. So rather than just being like, oh, here, here's a video that I just took the other day. Um, where it's like, I don't really care if you open it or not. I try to make it like a full customer experience. So I try to get feedback from them about what mm. type of content they like, mm. um, if they have any requests. So I do custom videos too. I do dick ratings, all that sort of stuff. So what someone will send you a photo of their dick and then yeah. So, and then I will, I can either give them like a message rating and then I'll say a little paragraph like about what I like about it. Or What if you don't like it? Um, would you I always, mean, would you always some say guys that? want humiliation ratings. Okay, so this is a thing. Yeah, this is a thing. Some guys, it's not very common. But there are some guys who like the humiliation type content. So they like it's like a mean dick rating. So you just yeah. say really mean shit about their dick. Like even the other day I had I had a guy send me one. I'm like, your dick's not even bad. Like, what do you want about? Yeah. And he wanted a humiliation one. So I was like, okay, here we go. Your foreskin's fucking wrinkly. Yeah, <laughs> all that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. I um one of my good girlfriends, she hooked up with this guy who had a micro penis, but he had a micro penis fetish where he wanted her to send like photos of his dick to all of us and and like humiliate it humiliate it and send it back to him so that's like a really common thing i found with guys who do have either like really who are quite small or who have micro penises i think they get off on the humiliation fact because like it's almost like it they serve like a type of pleasure to you in that way. Like it's mm. it's their way of finding pleasure, mm. which is, yeah, but I've noticed that's a really common trend with guys who are quite smaller or who have micro penises. Cause I've had a few guys on there who've sent me them and they've, they're into the same things. They like the humiliation. They like being told they're it's worthless. Crazy. Cause I think they like being submissive. Yeah. It's almost like a flip of like yeah. how most guys are. Yeah. It's bizarre. It's really, yeah. It's quite odd at first, but I feel like doing OnlyFans is one of those things. Like you just get rid of any shame or judgment you have about any kinks. Totally. It's completely gone by the time you start doing OnlyFans. And it's like everyone just enjoys different things. What's like, obviously you have no shame or with like, you know, not no shame, like you don't shame kinks and like you, yeah. you're open with whatever, Um, which, you know, very much I'm no shame on anyone either. Like you, anyone's into yeah. what they're into. But <laughs> there must have been a time where someone asked you to do something that was like, what the fuck? Like, what do you reckon the strangest, like most out of the ordinary thing would have been in your time? I haven't had too many really weird ones. Mm. Like I've had a lot of the humiliation type where they want me to talk about like ball busting and things like that, which mm. is, I don't find that quite odd because that's quite common in BDSM mm. or that type of mm-hmm. kink culture anyway with mm. within that community. 
The one that I have never really wrapped my head around is the peeing. Oh, like that's the peeing. I don't, I don't like, I don't like if that's what gets you off, then that's completely cool. As long as you're consensual and safe, whatever. But for me, like the peeing thing, I just like, I could just, I don't think I could ever pee on someone. No. Uh, yeah. I've had, so I have had someone request a custom video of me peeing and I've just said no flat out. I'm like, no. Nah. And the other thing for me is feet. Like I know feet, like um, foot fetishes are super, super common now. Mm. So I get asked a lot to do feet content, but it's just, I don't like feet myself personally. So mm. that's something that I always, I kind of like mm. just kind of avoid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If that makes sense. Because yeah. I'm like, well, I don't like the way my own feet look. I don't no. really want to make a video sending I fucking hate my, my feet. feet. Yeah, I know, I have too. webbed toes. <laughs> I'm like, my, my toes are so long, they look like fingers. Like yeah. I don't like my feet. <laughs> but then again, you'd probably make heaps of money if your feet are yeah. a little bit weird. I just took, I just take photos. I'm like, I'm not going to make you an oiled up video of my feet. I'm sorry, yeah. but no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes Fair me enough. so uncomfortable. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. And like, what about, you know, you you did mention to me earlier that you've done content with your partner as well before. Yeah, so we, um, like during COVID last year, so um, when our businesses, so we own other businesses as well, when, um, so my partner owns gyms, um, but when they were kind of struggling through COVID, we made the decision to, made, to make a joint OnlyFans account and- we did that for a while and we did some more explicit content. Like um, I still didn't show pussy or anything, but mm-hmm. we did like blowjobs and things like that. Mm-hmm. And we did make a lot of money, mm. but um, honestly it wasn't good for my mental health. Mm. Like I, it kind of ruined our sex life for a while because mm. it became like a chore. It became like a job. We weren't mm. really enjoying it. And it, we weren't having like sexual relations or like intimacy the way that we would normally have it. Mm. It was kind of be like, oh, this is like, you know, this is what porn is. This is like, this is the way that they want it. They want it like this type of way. Mm. And I'm a very kind of sensual person. Me not too. into like yeah. really rough sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was really not enjoying that. Yeah. And honestly, a lot of it got leaked. My mum got sent a video. No. Um, yeah. So someone leaked it and sent a blowjob video to my mum. No. She was, her reaction was quite funny. Luckily, she, she was like, you know, that's more of Lewis than I wanted to see, but good job. Proud. <laughs> she was like, I love she's it. like, nice job scoring that. <laughs> <laughs> but like, um, that was kind of the point where I was like, look, this is not something that I'm proud of. Like mm. I have the utmost respect for women who do full pornography or who are in the porn industry or her who do that type of content. I think they must, like, I feel like, their mental health would be so strong to be able to do that. But for me, having it leaked to my family and like it just mm. wasn't something that made me happy. Mm. And I was like, I don't really want this to be my legacy, if that makes mm. sense. Mm. So, and my partner didn't enjoy it either, obviously, because we were in businesses as well. Like it was getting talked about. Mm. And, you know, we, we did it because we were in a tough situation with COVID and it didn't mm. make us a lot of money in the long mm. run. But we both made the decision to stop. So he's completely out. He doesn't do any of it anymore and mm. I um stopped doing that type of content and so that's why I specialize a lot now in like the JOIs and like mm. dildo blowjobs and stuff like that because I'm like oh whatever like that's fine it's a, yeah. it's a dildo yeah 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 but like I'm a lot happier now like yeah. that I re-established my boundaries because I feel great. like I crossed my boundaries yeah. a little bit for the money yeah and it's easy to do it's so easy to do but I kind of realized that you know, these are my boundaries and that's okay. Like mm. that's okay to have them and no amount of money is worth crossing those. So yeah. I completely rebranded, took it back and yeah. it's been good. Like I lost some subscribers when I stopped doing it, obviously, but I think that's why I try to work now on the experience for my subscribers. So like they mm-hmm. can actually message me and talk to me. Like I offer mm. other type of content. I do content with other girls and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Like what kind of content would you do oh, with other girls? Like just making out and stuff like that. Yeah. Like who would like what, like just a friend or like yeah, another I've, only- I've got um a couple of friends who are other on OnlyFans creators. Yeah. Um I think you follow a couple of them actually. Yeah. Lani 
I think you follow. It's Lani Land. She's one of them. We've made a couple of videos together. Um, it's Lani Land. Let me look it up. Or maybe she follows you or something. But oh. yeah, there's there's because there's so many girls in the industry now. Like we do collabs all the time. Like oh, and it could just be like yeah yeah, yeah. you know I got eating. recommended for her to come on the pod yeah, too yeah she's, she's really great you should get her on yeah um amazing sex educator really great um fantastic honestly yeah would cool. have so much value to add cool but yeah so we've done videos together and stuff like you just collab with other girls because like and like we it's one of those things where you just clear about what your boundaries are so yeah. some girls collab and do full sex scenes some like some of us I collab with girls and just do you know, topless makeouts or like eating food off of each other, like that type of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to kind of keep the content spicy mm. and a bit more variety to it. So it's mm. one of those things when you don't do like full explicit content, you do have to be a bit mm. more creative in the type of content you make. Have you ever like done it, like, you know, done content with a girl and like been like into it? And- oh, yeah, I'm, I'm bi. So. Yeah, you said that. But like yeah. have you ever like explored more like in your own time or anything? Um, not in my own time um, because like I am in a relationship and our yeah. relationship, we oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get into that yeah. later, obviously. Um, but not in the content thing. But there is definitely, I've definitely gotten turned on and be like, oh, okay, yeah, this is why I like women. <laughs> yeah, right. Love it. But it's one of those things. Yeah, but no, nothing ever really has gone further there. Yeah, yeah. It, I think because we're like, okay, we're working. Yeah, it's yeah, almost yeah. like you're in work mode. It's yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. hard to differentiate sometimes. Totally. Oh my god, how exciting! Yeah, I love that. But it's super fun. Um, and then what about like? The tiers of OnlyFans, like, do you know, like, what tier are you? Do you change all the time? Like- yeah, so um, it fluctuates. I think right now I'm in the zero point zero point one eight percent. Wow. I think. Yeah, something like that. I think when I was doing explicit content with my partner, we were like in the zero point zero seven percent or something like really? that, like really high up. Um, how, but do you tell people how many subscribers you have? Yeah, so I've currently got about two thousand. Yeah, right. On there. Hectic. Um, but yeah, it's one of those things. So it kind of it doesn't really go based on subscribers. It goes by how much money you make. Mm. So it goes by what your income is per week, really? and that's kind of how it ranks you into the highest performers. Who would be like the highest? I know Anna Paul is yeah. quite high up. Michaela yeah. Tester and Anna Paul are quite high up. Obviously, because they have huge brands. What kind? Do you, would you have any idea what kind of money they would make? I know they make like. I think Michaela Tessa said she makes like five million a year from OnlyFans. <gasps> yeah, that is outrageous. Don't don't quote me on that. No, I'm not no, sure no. if that's completely accurate. I know it's in the millions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, wow. But like, I'm like, props to them. Like, because they they started it like before it was trendy. So like, mm. I feel like that was the key. Like, they mm. started it like three years ago before it was even a thing. So they, wow. they kind of built up that. That base. No wonder why she's like, I, you know, I, I watch her TikToks all the time. She's I know, like, I love her. <laughs> yeah. I was bored, so I thought I'd like pop into Louis and buy myself this bag. I know, literally. I'm like, I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, I know. And then you're like, well, it makes sense. That's yeah, fucking it does. crazy. Yeah. And like, um, Jem Wolfie used to be really high up as well. I don't know if she does it anymore. Mm. And like, um, the, I know a few girls who are quite high up in it, but I feel like it's very hard to get past like the 0.1%. Like mm. that's kind of where a lot of people just kind of stay stagnant. Mm. Mm. But it's there's heaps of girls doing really, really well. Yeah, that's amazing. Which is cool to see. That's so cool. I love that. And what about like, do you have like, I'm just looking at some of my questions. Do you have like an exit strategy? Like how long do you reckon you want to yeah. do this? So um, my I've been kind of working on my exit strategy lately because um, like I have been building up my YouTube channel because yeah, – cool. 
like my kind of long-term goal is I want to do YouTube. I want to, and I'm releasing a program very shortly about how to grow your social media. So that's cool. releasing in three weeks, actually. Amazing. On the 17th of December. Amazing. A little promo in here. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. yeah. So it's going to be my first program that I'm releasing. So I'm a little nervous about it. Yeah, but, um, that's so exciting. I've said for a while because I really like the whole mindset side of it. I really mm. like helping girls feel more confident and mm-hmm. helping them feel more sexual and in their bodies and that's an area I really like to go. And OnlyFans has been a really great tool for income, but obviously it is geared towards a more male market. And mm. I want to, I still like having my male market, but I also want to have a female market too. Yeah. So yeah. my kind of exit strategy is like probably within the next year or so, I'm not going to stop it completely because mm. I do that um, artistic nude modeling shoot. So mm. I'm like, well, I'm actually really proud of a lot of that work. Mm. So I want to have mm. a platform that I can still post a lot of that on. Totally. So yeah. a lot of it will probably just transition into that probably within the next sort of year to 18 months. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, so I'm building up my YouTube. I just hit 26,000 subscribers on YouTube Amazing. today, actually. Cool. So um, so I'm making money through YouTube now. And then I want to, I'm going to release this program and release a couple of other programs and hopefully a subscription-based model like for like an online female community, like just to help with confidence and body positivity and just all of those types of tips and tricks. Yeah. Oh, good on you. YouTube's really cool because it's like I can post whatever I want really. Like I can do, you know, I've done some videos on like how to change your mindset around hate online or like, you know, how Mm. like my daily tips to be more confident, how to build habits or like I've done singing videos so I can just kind of, or like vlogs of my photo shoots. It's just kind of Mm. a platform where I feel like I can just do whatever, do whatever I want to do. And like, that's why I'm just trying to really focus on building a bigger brand so that I can Mm. just, people just want to follow me because they enjoy me. So I can just post what I want to post. Well, I feel like it's kind of my little strategy there. That's amazing. And I I think that's so important that like you've thought it through and you do have a strategy there because it's like, you can get big and you can get here and you can get, you know, to a certain level and then it just dwindles off, but you've got things that. I want to keep that momentum going. Totally. And it fully sounds like you're going to, which is very exciting. I'm very lucky because my partner is very great with businesses. So he's, taught me a lot about business which has yeah. really kind of helped me in this aspect with the you know accountability then like the holding yourself accountable mm-hmm. like the being structured like mm. all of that sort of stuff has really helped like treating it like a business has mm. helped me a lot I, mm. I I wonder where I would be if I hadn't have met him because he's really yeah. helped a lot with that side of it well that's amazing yeah how good yeah super exciting and like talk to me about your relationship. So yeah. you've been together for two years. Yes. Um, how I actually even found you was because, excuse me, because I was looking for someone to come on the podcast to talk about open relationships. And I know you're you're not technically like in an open relationship, but you together. Um, yeah, we're like a semi-open relationship. Yeah. So we, um, so I wouldn't call us fully open. So, mm-hmm. but we have experiences with other people together as a couple, mm-hmm. men so, and women, men and women. Yeah. yeah, we haven't had any with men yet. Men mm-hmm. are a lot harder to find. Really? Um, obviously, because more women are bi. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this was one. Of, that was actually how I realized I was bisexual was through yeah. these experiences with him. We've we've yeah. done a couple. We only really started exploring it this year. Yeah, I had a lot of insecurities that I kind of had to work on first mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. I was even comfortable with the idea. Like when we started dating, I was like. Oh, maybe not when we started dating, but like a year before I was like, open relationships are disgusting. Like, mm. I don't know how you could even be in a relationship and want to sleep with other people. Mm. I was so judgmental and so, mm. yeah, just so much internalized misogyny about it and so much, so little education. Mm. So really judgmental. And then this was kind of, he said it from the get-go when we got together, like this is before we were even in a relationship. He's like, look, if we're going to be in a relationship, I've been working so hard on the businesses for the past couple of years. I didn't really get to have like, 
his ho- he didn't really get to have his ho phase. So he mm. was very upfront from the fact he's like, I don't want an open relationship, but I do want there to be the option there to have experiences with other people like threesomes or things like that. Mm. And so I said yes at the time because I wanted to be in a relationship with him, even though mm. I didn't really mean it. Mm. And that caused a few issues early on in our relationship because mm. I felt like I was pretending to do something that I didn't want. We hadn't done any physical experiences yet mm. because I think he could tell that I just was like- Not ready yet. Not ready. Mm. But I did a lot of research myself and talked mm. to a lot of people and then- I the more that I kind of got into OnlyFans and got into these topics, the sex positive things, the more mm. I dealt with my my own issues and insecurity and I became more okay with the idea. And we did our first threesome with a girl in January of this year. And I was so nervous. I was like, oh, oh my God, I'm going to be so jealous. I'm going to be so insecure. Like he's going to not – because I've had threesomes in the past, like mm. before our relationship, mm. that were not great experiences. Really? For the wrong reasons. Like I had one with a girl where I got completely left out and it made – so a lot of my insecurities came from that one experience. Fuck that. So the guy basically was like, oh, so like – I kind of got left out during the threesome. It was at schoolies, like yeah. real drunk anyway. But then they went off by themselves after and he was like, oh, I just kind of like smaller girls. And that kind of just You're tiny with me. Oh, I've lost a lot of weight this year. So, yeah. I mean, I was never big. I was always like curvier, but she was like petite. So, he was like, he liked petite girls. Yeah. Um, Which is completely fine. But just the way he said it to me, just it stuck with me for years. And then I'd had threesomes with guys and stuff, but I was having sex for the wrong reasons back then. Like mm. I was having sex for the intimacy side and out of attention because I had some issues I hadn't really worked out and mm. they were just not the right type mm. of threesome. So that I had mm. really shitty experiences about them before going mm. into this relationship. So I was dwelling on the past a lot and I was like, oh my God, this is going to be exactly like that. And then we did the first one with the girl and it was amazing. Like, that's and I, I even caught myself halfway through. I'm like, I don't feel jealous at all. Why don't I yeah. feel jealous? Like, I don't even feel insecure. I mm. got turned on watching them together and no one got left out because we had established that boundary really early on and we debriefed beforehand. I was like- With the girl? With the girl and with my partner. We had talked together and he knew that it was really important that I didn't get left out because yeah. like it was a new experience. So that was really yeah. cool. And we debriefed it after and we talked about anything that popped up, anything that made us you feel and insecure. Him. Yeah. Yeah anything that made us feel jealous and we just really communicated well about it, which was really yeah. cool. And then we didn't really do one for like six months after that. And we kind of realized that we didn't want to just do them for the sake of doing them mm. for us. It's more about like an energetic experience. Like mm. I am really attracted to other people's energies mm-hmm. and so is he. So mm. it's like having that energy, like mm. the energy of another person involved is mm. really it's a crazy experience. Like, mm, and so mm. I, I guess until you kind of do something like that, mm. it's really hard to explain. Mm. So we were, we've been very selective about who we do these types totally. of experiences with. Like, it's not just, you know, to have a threesome. It's like, no, we, so we. You want this experience. We want this experience together because we actually feel like it makes us closer as a couple. Yeah. And we make it a really big thing that we actually like the person. We've yeah. gotten to know them beforehand. So we've gone really? and met them for coffee or something that we actually get along mentally and intellectually God, how with them interesting first. like but where, how did you find them on like tinder or something um so yeah the first girl we found on tinder um the other one we actually met through instagram so uh lani is actually the one who introduced us to a couple of the people the one really that I, the girl i recommended to because her and her partner um are also i don't i can't remember what their label is they yeah. but they're in the that's um, like realm of that things, realm yeah. of things. so yeah they helped educate us a lot and they helped introduce us to a lot of people and then obviously once you kind of know a lot of people in that area Kind of your circle just kind of branches out. Mm. Um, 
which was really cool. But yeah, I think with us, it was just communicating a lot. Like these types of experiences do bring out insecurities and fears, Mm. not Mm. so much in the moment, but beforehand, like overthinking Mm. and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So we've had to communicate a lot. So we have really open communication and we just bear it all, Mm. talk through everything. So it's actually been one of the greatest things that's happened to our relationship because I feel like we communicate so much more than the average couple does because it's amazing. These types of experiences, because it's so raw and vulnerable, Mm. like bringing someone into your intimate relationship like Mm. that, like you kind of have to learn to communicate really well. Totally. Totally. So we've done um, two other ones. The The most recent one we did was like next level. Good. Amazing. Like really. Cause, um, we know, like, we were friends with the girl already, like, yeah. um, and it was just, it happened for the right reason. There was no pressure. It just happened. It flowed the way it was supposed you, would to. Would you, like, have some drinks before and stuff? Well, we, I, I smoke weed, so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, yeah, so. You- so, I have a little bit, but this, but honestly, the last one we did, we didn't have anything because we weren't even planning to. Yeah. Um, Like, she'd come over to just, like, to hang out and we weren't even, like, we knew that it was kind of on the table, but then, like, we weren't really feeling it. We went to bed and then kind of later in the night it ended up just happening anyway. So, we were completely sober. Um, and it was the best one we've had by far because the energy was just like really next level. Like she even just enjoyed watching him and I, she's like, it's so beautiful seeing you guys make love, like things like that. And then like watching him and her together, like you'd think you'd be jealous. Like I thought I would be jealous Mm. in all these experiences, Mm. but I wasn't Mm. because like we was, I felt so connected with him on such a deeper level. Mm. Mm. Like, yeah, if that makes sense. I mean, I've had a few threesomes, but I've only had one with someone I was like kind of seeing. Yeah. Like I wasn't like, they weren't my boyfriend, but I was seeing a guy and I did really like him and we did it with another girlfriend and I thought I would feel jealous and I didn't at all. Yeah, like it just, weird, it, hey? I just, it just wasn't like that in the moment. In so. the moment, like you, like, cause you, I feel like you overthink it a lot beforehand yeah. and then you yeah. kind of do it and I'm like, okay, this is actually hot. Yeah. Yeah. But also it's like being able to share an experience like that, being able, cause I, in the moment I was thinking, I'm like, how amazing is is it that we are this close and this connected and that we mm. we are this in love that we're able to actually have experiences like this with each other, that we trust each other on mm-hmm. such a deeper level. Mm-hmm. Like that trust almost kind of just was magnetized in these experiences. Totally. It just took it to a new level. And then also like these experiences were how I actually discovered that I was into women. Yeah. I was did like- you, what, After which experience did you realize that? I think after the first one, I was I was expecting to not really enjoy it. And after the first one, I was like, oh, okay. I actually kind of enjoyed that more did than you, I thought. Did like, you go down on her and everything? Yeah, so I did all of that. And then mm. the second one, which was with a girl, her and I had had a lot of sexual chemistry mm. for a while mm. and she was really into me. I think she was more so into me than she was with my partner, to be really? honest. Which he loved. Um, but yeah, I think because for me it's it's such an energy thing. Like I yeah. get really into people's sexual energy, mm, so I mm. feel like the people we've been doing it with, I've I have to really make sure I vibe with the girl. Like mm-hmm, I have to make mm. sure that she wants me mm. as well as him. Like it has mm. to be a mutual thing, a mutual thing. Like totally. we have to both be into each other. Yeah, and it was more so an energetic thing. But yeah, especially in the most recent one when I was eating her out, I was like, oh okay, I see why people like eating pussy now. <laughs> Yeah. I was like, this is fun. And what would she go down on you yeah. as well? I don't All mind. I don't mind going down on girls because I feel like you know what you, you like. You know what you're doing. Like, yeah. I was really nervous about it at first. No. I was like, oh my God, what if I'm a girl who's bad at eating pussy? And then she's like, no, just do what you like. And I did. Mm. And she, it was great. Like, yeah. Yeah. And as I know this, I keep going back to the internalized misogyny thing, mm. but I honestly feel like so much of my hesitation towards this side of me 
And like, you know, the threesome that I had in the past that was really bad. It was almost like, oh, women are gross. Women are like pussies. Like, because I hated vaginas. I'm like, I hated my own vagina. I was like, mm. oh, that's so gross. Like, oh, they smell and stuff. Oh, mm. you don't have to go down on me. All of that, like years of that internalized misogyny. Mm. And I feel like because I had been dealing with all of that and like fixing that and be like, no, women are fucking awesome. Like mm. women's bodies are beautiful. Mm. Pussies are beautiful. Like mm. they're amazing. I honestly feel like because I had dealt with all of that shit and I didn't have those thoughts in my head anymore, I was actually able to appreciate it for what it was. Totally. And I was like, no, this is actually fun. Mm. Why the hell did I ever think that this would be gross? Like mm. why women aren't gross at all. Yeah. And what about like, so run me through. So, you you know, you make a Tinder profile. You like, it's, it's a photo of you guys, like couple yeah. looking for a third. Like, you know, like, <laughs> like is that is that what it is? So the first one we did, we had like, a, I think we had a Bumble profile, I think it was or something. But we the, the other two experiences we have, we haven't actually used Tinder or anything. It was yeah. just through mutual people that we knew. Yeah. Um, and just getting to know them. Yeah. So, um, the, so the first one though, off the app. So you meet yeah, them so for she, coffee. So yeah, she, um, that one we actually didn't meet first beforehand she just came straight over and we just kind of did it first time meeting and did it which was really really fun but it's why we kind of realized we're like oh okay maybe we like I feel like it would be more because of the type of sexes we are quite sensual and we like really like energetic and like taking our time and like Mm. lots of eye contact that type of sex is like Mm. my vibes and Mm. his vibes Mm. as well so we're like no let's make an effort to actually get to know get to know them a little bit it doesn't have Mm. to be like crazy but even just having coffee with them like beforehand like mm. like one like a week beforehand and then deciding like being like okay no I do vibe with you like mm. yes this is I felt that you know energetic connection there like mm. I was attracted to them mm. that's mm. kind of the way we've been doing it recently mm. Mm. yeah that's good yeah because I feel like yeah it's, it's I've, I've seen heaps of like couples on yeah. Bumble and stuff being like looking for a like third and like I actually did sleep with a guy who was in an open relationship but they they'd have people in, but they'd also have their own relationships on yeah. the side. Um, yeah, I think that, I think a lot of people who are in open relationships have that arrangement where they have experiences together, but they also do things separately as well. And that was something I said to my partner from the get go. I'm like, look, who knows what will happen in the future? But for the time being, I don't really want to have experiences separately because I don't want to have an experience with anyone other than you. Like, I mm. just don't really want to. Like, I love mm. you. Like, I want you to be. Mm. in all of my experiences see mine would be more like I don't want them to be fucking someone else like I'd be like I'll fuck whoever I want but you don't (laughs) a little bit of mine was that too it's it's definitely getting better like obviously like I mean insecurities jealousy all this sort of stuff I think a lot of people assume that when people are in open relationships or have open aspects that there isn't any of that but like there is just as much of that as if we're in a monogamous relationship totally you just have to like communicate it and deal with it like I think understanding that jealousy is normal and it's going to pop up totally so like there are still aspects of that like um we that's why we like establish our boundaries really clearly on early we establish them with the person we run through everything and we also debrief after like make them sign a form (laughs) (laughs) i'm like here's your contract (laughs) it's so good yeah but it's been really cool so it's it's been it's been fine to find girls because i feel like a lot of girls a bit more are are bisexual like there are so many girls who or just are open to or it. just yeah. really a lot of girls I think are curious about having experiences mm. and mm. I think for a lot of girls who are curious to have an experience with another woman having it with a couple is kind mm. of like a nice way to mm. ease in there would you what about a foursome we've 
we've had we've potentially had one planned and then something came up and we've just haven't like it's definitely gonna happen mm. with mm. Pe- we've got people that we want to do it with and they mm. want to do it with us mm. it's just kind of like finding the right time basically totally totally um but yeah i'm completely open to doing everything i'm yeah. like gangbang orgy whatever like yeah. i'll do it all i'm one of those things i will try anything once as yeah. long as like we've got boundaries established and we yeah. communicate them yeah. and i feel safe yeah we're good to go like we were we were supposed to do one with a guy and then that kind of fell through because something else happened. Um, guys are a lot harder to find because mm. I feel like a lot of guys are not as willing to have threesomes with another dude. So do you think like would your partner like go down on the guy or no. anything? No. So to just be. So my partner's straight. So yeah. I, it would just be like them doing things to me. Yeah. But because I've had threesomes with guys in the with two guys in the past and it was awful because like, they just like Eiffel Towered me and I just felt really used. So I've mm. been like really strict about who I would want to do this with like mm. I have to it has to be like for the right reasons it has to be mm. like for like the right energetic connection like they mm. don't they can't just be there because they just want to fuck me mm. like mm. I want it to be like if we're going to do a threesome with another dude it has to be all about me yeah like this is for my pleasure like yeah. this is yeah like a fun sensual energetic experience for me mm. like being mm. pleased by two guys mm. it's not just oh here's a chick we just fuck her like on both ends mm. that's mm. not what I'm into at all mm. So it's harder yeah. to find guys who are like that. Mm. But I'm like one of those things that's worth the wait. So we haven't actually done anything with another guy yet. But my partner's fully open to it. So it's it's kind of fucked out. Because I've had I just sorry, I just went somewhere and was thinking about a threesome when you were saying I was like, <laughs> did you see my eyes go like that? Oh I yeah, I like, saw I saw them. I was like, what are you thinking about here? Yeah, I was like, cause you well, what you just like triggered me with that. Um not, not in a bad way. Um but yeah, just like with guys like because I've had a threesome with a girl and a guy and also two guys and it was like so different to what it was like with a girl and a guy I just yeah I don't know if I'd do that again yeah I that this is why I'm like it has to be with the right person because I know what my partner's like to me because he's like obsessed with me and he wants it and he's such a giver I'm Mm. like the other guy would have to be in it for the right reasons and Mm. I'm like this is why I need to have like the guy that we were going to do it with I had a really strong like energetic connection with him like I was Mm. really attracted to his energy to his just his whole persona Mm. and he was the same with me he was a bit older Mm. um and yeah he had the right intentions he like because he'd done them in the past because he'd been in open relationships before so he was like on the same page as me it's like no this is like if it's a threesome with two guys and a girl, this is about pleasing the woman. This mm-hmm. is about making her. It's not about getting on the experience. spit it's not and high fiving yeah. each other. Yeah, it's not about that. It's totally. about it's about giving to this woman yeah. and making her feel amazing. And so, like that, I was a bit sad when that one kind of fell through. To be yeah. honest, it all happened. But just, it obviously wasn't right. It that's the thing. It's like I'm very much a big believer in like fate and the universe. And totally, like, it'll happen when it's supposed to happen. Totally, and but maybe like, he just wasn't the right person as well. But this is why it's like when we go traveling, it's like this is why it was so good because I haven't done much traveling. It's like when this is what kind of got me on board with the idea in the first place. I was like, well, fuck, when I'm in Greece and like traveling around Europe and stuff, I want to be able to pick up like a hot, you know, Greek guy or a hot Italian dude or even like a hot chick there as well. Like, but by having this arrangement with us, even though we do things together, we still have that freedom. Mm -hmm. It's still like fun and like we still have that ability. Yeah. Yeah. And what advice, like, would you give to someone who's unsure about doing this with a partner or, like, you know, contemplating doing it? I think the best thing to do is just be transparent about what you want. Mm. So maybe, like, don't have this conversation right away, but maybe, like, sit down yourself and think about what you want, think about Mm. what your boundaries are, what your expectations would be, what you would want to get out of it and think Mm. about if you're doing it for the right reasons. I feel Mm. like if you want like an open relationship just because you want to fuck other people, Mm. 
I mean, should you be in a relationship? <laughs> that's kind of my thing. I'm like, yeah. it's it's not just about fucking other people. There's a lot more to it. Like mm. obviously that comes with it. But especially if you're already in a relationship and you want to kind of open it up a little bit, mm. I feel like get clear on what you want. Get clear on what would make you happy, what your boundaries would be, what your expectations are. And then just, I think, honest, trans- like transparent conversations with your partner, just being like, this is something I would really like to explore mm. with you. Mm. Make them feel included because I think if you come on for the approach that, you know, this is what I want and I want to do this and try all these things, they're going to feel really left out and mm. they're probably going to be a bit more resistant to mm. it. Mm. So make like make sure you include them and consider mm. their feelings because this is kind of a hard thing and you're going to have to deal with jealousy and insecurities popping up. So you need to factor in your your partner's emotions. Yeah. This isn't just about you, especially when you're in a relationship. And there might be some compromises. There might be some things that you want to do that might not even be an option. Mm. But I think it's just having, even just having the discussion, like just sitting Mm. down and like maybe like pre-framing the conversation, being like, I love you so much and I'm so invested and happy in this relationship. I would love to, you know, share something with you that's been on my mind that I would really like to experience these things and I would love for you to be involved in that or I would Mm. love for you to think about this from my perspective for a minute and Mm. see this side of it like just weigh up both sides because everything has got pros and cons Mm. like they might only see all the negatives to it but every single thing has got pros and cons Mm. so I think just being able to see both sides clearly and doing it in a state where you're not highly emotional Mm. when you can just actually sit down and have that conversation without anyone's feelings getting hurt totally and actually validate and listen to your partner Mm. Mm. Great advice. Yeah. I love it. It's hard. Like, this is the thing. It's like, there's, you're going to talk a lot. If you're going to go down this route, you're going to talk a lot. You're going to share feelings a lot. There might be fights. There might be arguments. There might be jealousy that pops up. Like, and I think the biggest thing is like, if something pops up, talk about it straight away. Mm. So like we had a situation where I don't even know why I was just overthinking something and Mm. it popped up and like, instead of stewing on it and letting it turn into a big thing, I was like, babe, this is bothering me like about, and it was to do with the, the relation, like the threesomes and things like that. Mm. And I just got out of my chest and we were able to talk about it. And I'm like, oh, okay, this isn't actually a big issue as I thought it was. Mm. So like if anything does pop up, actually bring it to your partner or voice your concerns and talk through it. And deal with it. So that you're doing it together as a team. Mm. Like think of it like you're in this together. This mm. isn't just like a separate thing. Like you're a partnership. Mm. Oh my God, how fun. Yeah. Maybe my next boyfriend, I'll see if he wants to be open. It's cool. It is really fun. Yeah. And it's funny that I went from like literally like, I think it was like four years ago, I had the opportunity to sleep with an old fuck buddy who was in an open relationship. And I was like, that's fucking disgusting. I'm not going to sleep with you on the same day that you slept with her. Or I was like, no, make sure you fucking wash yourself. I'm not going to have her. In me or something. I was so like aggressively. Yeah. Just judgmental and mm, and, and it was judgmental do. of the female side as well as it was the misogyny side but like it's like how I've, I've gone from that to this mm. I'm like to actually who am I like become coming out as bisexual and enjoying you know having a threesome with my partner and another woman and actually feeling closer and more in mm. love with my partner mm. during it like mm. it was some of the best sex we've ever had I was yeah. like and even she said she's like this is some of the most beautiful sex I've ever seen like really because I just felt so emotionally connected to him yeah that I knew that like no matter what happened even if they were doing their own thing together like yeah. I, even if like there was a part where I was just watching and I was like I'm fine with this I'm yeah. like because I know that the energy like I know that the connection that we share is so strong because mm. the trust is here mm. that I was able to just enjoy it and be present in the moment mm. and I was mm. like wow how have I gone from that to this like it's amazing it's pretty crazy oh my god I love this yeah <laughs> how good <laughs> 
Um, so this is something I deal with, like I struggle with, and I know like a lot of females do, like I struggle with, you know, a bit of hate and like I'm very sexual, I'm very open and like sometimes I feel like guys are like probably might not want to date me or be with me because I'm so sexual and out there. Like what tips would you give the girls out there and me for like helping, you know, get through every day dealing with that? So, yeah, the hate thing's really, really hard. Like, I used to get heaps of it all the time, and I still get it. Like, if you look at my YouTube – oh, my God, YouTube comments are brutal because they're all from, like, 50-year-old men with burner accounts. Like, they're (laughs) brutal. But I think the biggest thing – like, my partner also really helped with this with the mental health side of things. It's like once I came to terms with the fact that not everyone is going to like me, Mm -hmm. I'm never going to be liked by everyone. Like, Beyonce has haters. Oprah has haters. Like, I'm never going to please 100% of people. And once I came to terms with – that it made it a lot easier it's like okay I'm not your cup of tea that's cool it doesn't take away from me you just don't happen to like me and that's cool that's your opinion to have Mm. it doesn't change who I am I'm like this is me if you don't like it that's fine Mm. so coming to terms with the fact that you know not everyone's gonna like you was a huge thing for me but also I am a big believer in manifestation so Mm. I noticed that when I was getting a lot of hate comments, I was replying to the hate comments. I Mm. was obsessing over the hate comments and I was actually ignoring a lot of the good comments and only replying to the hate comments. Mm. And once I made that decision, you're like, I'm just going to ignore them. Mm. I'm not kidding. So I used to get hate comments over my teeth like because I've got my front teeth the longest. I've got buck teeth or a gummy smile. I used to get a lot. No, you don't. I used to like get really insecure and triggered by it and I used to reply and I would just get all of these hate comments about it and literally – Within a week of ignoring them, I literally haven't had a hate comment about my teeth in a year. Like I, I truly believe that what you, the energy that you put out is what you get back in. And if mm. you focus all of your energy on hate and what mm. you don't want, mm. that's exactly what you're going to get back. Mm. Whereas if you just focus on being grateful for what you do have, like being grateful for the people who compliment you, being grateful for mm. the people who like you, mm. you're going to just bring so much more of that in. Like you're mm. not even thinking about the hate comments. Mm. And then the other thing as well, I think I learned from dealing, like doing this for a couple of years, people like hurt people, hurt people. And I know people harp on about that all the time, but I think when you can change your perspective on a hate comment and being like, you know, this person's probably just really insecure and they're just taking it out on me because I've obviously triggered something in them. Like it's making them feel insecure Mm. or they're judging me for something that they're probably judging themselves for anyway. Mm -hmm. Once I kind of figured that out, like they're just like, it's not actually true what they're saying like the things that they say they're doing it to get a reaction out of you it's not true they don't like it's not real and who are they anyway exactly like these Mm. are just these random people and they're just doing it because they feel insecure themselves Mm. or they're sad themselves or they just want a reaction out of you Mm. and I was I kind of took the approach I'm like well if I can make if I can let them have you know 30 seconds to write that comment hating on me that's 30 seconds that they're not hating on themselves mm. so mm. it's almost helping them in a way so mm. i'm like that's if a that's, good way of looking at I'm it i'm like if that's the way that they need to express the emotion that they're feeling then they can take that out of me because they're obviously coming from a hurt place because people who are confident in themselves and people who are secure they don't do that type of behavior Fuck no you don't hate on it so the people that do that are coming from a dark place and i mm. think i think on it i know it's hard when you're getting hate comments but having a little bit of compassion for mm. it i'm like okay this person's clearly hurting, so I'm mm. just not going to engage and, you know, that is what it is. Like, mm. I'm not going to take it personally. I hope that they, you know, feel good about themselves soon. I think taking that approach really, really helps because it kind of 
gives you a different perspective on it. Like it's mm. not just all about you. Like there are two people involved here. Totally, totally. Yeah. yeah, it's actually a really good way of looking at it. Never thought about it like that. Yeah, because it is really hard and especially when you are sexual. And I think, you know, being a woman who posts, you know, bikini pictures and things like that, you're going to get hate because we've been raised, you know, and especially the generations older than us, like they've just been, it's been drilled into them that sex is bad, sex is bad, sex is sin, you know, you're a slut, all of these things. And it's really hard to change those beliefs that have been drilled into you from the moment you're born. Like it takes a lot of work to rewire your brain and those thought totally. patterns. So I think just understanding that like people are going to be triggered by it because mm. it is pushing boundaries. It mm. is like we're, we are the generation that are changing the way that not only society views women and sex, but the way we as women view sex and mm. our bodies. Like mm. we're the generation that's actually making this change. So totally. we're going to push some buttons and there are going to be people that disagree with it but that's the whole point that's what you want is like you don't get change you don't have any movement or momentum if you don't push buttons totally i mean look at what happened when people were fighting against segregation i know this is completely Mm. different topic Mm. but like when we were fighting racism back in the 50s and 60s Mm. with segregation look at all the people who were opposed to that Mm. if you want to create change and have a movement and do something for the good, there are going to be people who disagree with you. Totally. And totally. And I think just coming to terms with that, that that's actually a good thing because the more buttons you push, the more people start to question their beliefs and the more mm. people start to question what they've just been taught growing up. Mm-hmm. Even like the example of my mum. My mum had so much internalised misogyny and like used to hate that I posted just bikini pics. This was before I even did OnlyFans and now mm. she's like my biggest supporter. Mm. Like, yeah, I posted never- a bikini photo. My grandma sent me this huge email about oh how gosh. it was so inappropriate and like, you know, bless her. Look, I did look fucking sexy in it. And it it was probably a little bit suggestive, but like what, because I'm sitting there and because I have big tits, like, you know, it's, it's. And if you think about it from her perspective, like from her growing up, the way that everything she would have been taught would have been like, you know, women do not do that. You know, Um, women are good girls. You know, we're nice. We take care of our husbands. We raise good families. We don't be provocative. We don't, you know, be promiscuous, all of those sorts of things. That's what she was raised with. So when you've got a lifetime of beliefs like that. And then your so, granddaughter's then, been a bit naughty. And it's like that's completely challenging everything <laughs> totally. you've been taught. So I think having, a again, having a bit more compassion for it, being like, yeah. okay, this is going to trigger some people yeah. because it is hard to rewire mm. a lifetime of beliefs like this. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. unfortunately, some people will never change their beliefs. No. That's okay because we're just – I think what's important is that we – keep strong to what we believe and then hope like we teach the next generation of women that you can do whatever the hell you fucking want. Literally. And then it's just going to keep changing with each generation that comes through. Totally. Well, I mean, like, look, even how different it would have been when our parents were growing yeah, up literally. To, to now, like what's going to be like for our kids. Exactly. It's exciting. It's like changing this, like it's, we're stopping the cycle. Like it, it's, mm-hmm. it starts with us. Like we're the first generation that's really, well, not the first generation like because we had the huge feminist movement, but I think in terms of social media mm-hmm. and what we've been able to achieve with social media and being sex positive and body positive and all mm-hmm. of these sorts of things. I think and we're be- really- I think being able to spread awareness in yeah. such a different and fast such way. such a huge scale yeah, as well. totally. I think it's really cool that we are the first generation to be able to do this and I firmly mm-hmm. believe that it's the right thing and I yeah. feel like – I just, I just keep thinking of the future generation of women. I'm like, I don't want my daughter to go through the same shit that I went Fuck through. no. So this is why it's so important to me to advocate that sex is good. You can be proud of your body. Like mm. sex, you can be sexy and intelligent. All mm. of these sorts of things. Like you can do whatever the fuck you want. Literally. Basically. Because I don't want my daughter to have to have all of these shitty 
beliefs and all of that shame and guilt that I had mm-hmm. growing up. So it starts with us. Mm-hmm. And to do that, you have to push some buttons. Mm. Well, let's keep pushing those buttons. <laughs> I love it. Oh, thank you so much for coming on. It's been like an absolute pleasure speaking to you and just hearing your opinions on all of this stuff and everything about you. You're fucking awesome. So thank you. I had so much fun. Yeah, this is like one of my first podcasts I've been yes. on. I was so excited. I literally said to my partner, "I was like, oh my god, guess whose podcast I'm going on?" Because yeah. like I've I've known him for a while. So I've like, have you? Yeah, I watched you on the Bachelor Did you? years ago. I'm like, oh yeah. my god, like, I love Cat. I'm so excited. Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> Me the bitch. Not a bitch. Like. Yeah, literally, again, <laughs> look at that internal as Totally, totally. <laughs> oh, that's so nice. I didn't know that. She told me that earlier. <laughs> Thank you so much. It was awesome. And I hope you guys listened. We'll definitely um, have to, you have to share your program when you release yeah, it. I and I can share it to the group oh, and everything. So, yeah. Amazing. Um, okay, cool. Thanks so much for listening, guys. And I will see you next week. Bye. <laughs> Cats Out of the Bag is proudly part of the ACAST Creator Network. Special shout out to Rode Microphones for powering this episode.